You are listening to If We Were Writing, a feisty triathlon-ish podcast. I'm Kelly O'Mara, and together with Sarah True, we head up a weekly group ride where we dish on all triathlon news and everything else-ish we want to talk about. We're joined regularly by Khadija Diggs and Jocelyn Wong-Neal, and Laura Sidal does her Sid Talk segment updating you on everything you need to know from the weekend. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If We Were Writing is a production of Live Feisty Media. Join us on our group ride. Yeah. All right. Uh, group group ride, Wednesday night ride team. Uh, I was telling you off the record. So I got through my 100-mile pacing, and I was so inspired, I signed up for 100K. And also 50K. <laughs> Which <laughs> oh, you signed first. up for both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely low blood sugar. Yeah, <laughs> I don't understand. Well, I found out because you're out there for a hu- like six hours talking. You know what I mean? And so she told me about this new race. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And then when I got home, I realized the new race starts 400 meters from my front door. Yeah, you like, got to do it. Yeah, you got to do it. Your own bathroom? Like, and I feel like there's also like a good mix. Like, I don't know, maybe you guys, you know, like you need like the really, really big UTMB Ironman, but you also need the like, $30 in your backyard. Like you need the mix, right? Yeah, I do like the mix. Yeah. Definitely. I have a backyard half marathon that like goes by my house four times. So I do that, but that's 13.1 miles. True. Um it, did you it finish goes to your backyard? Wait, what? Well it goes through the neighborhood it doesn't doesn't, like cut through her kitchen yeah it doesn't actually go through my backyard it's uh, a euphemism yeah i have to say i'm very my friend is her first hundred miler and we got in in like 23 something so under 24 hours she's very exciting um apparently it's a big deal it's a big deal because like the last aid station all of a sudden, you know, you're like four miles away and we were like clearly in the 23 hour. And so all of a sudden there are like all these people, you know what I mean? Who are like going for that marker. So you went from like being out in the dark by yourself to like suddenly like everyone's trying to get under 24 hours, right? Wow. You would think that all those folks would be kind of near each other. Yeah. It was just, it was like suddenly they converged, right? Like, like at the last aid station. Huh. Right? Cause otherwise you're just out there by yourself in the dark. Did you do that last segment with her? I did. I did the last 23 miles, uh-huh. um, which is a lot of miles. And it's going to sound super mean, guys. But like, if you are on mile 78 of running and not mile whatever I was on six at that point, like you're a lot more tired, right? So in order to like do the like shuffling, the like 100 mile shuffle, I had to like change my I had to adopt a shuffle to like get through but then that like really starts to hurt your legs if you're not like and then I I was kept tripping because I wasn't like picking my feet up because I was doing the 100 mile shuffle so I kept like fall so I like rolled my ankle I'm like oh man (sighs) can you imagine mile eight into helping out your friend and she's like 80 something miles into it like uh, Kelly right and I'm like oh you're God, useless this. to me <laughs> and there's always this whole section that was very annoying and I was like oh this is so annoying I just want to be done with this <laughs> <laughs> but you're still friends and you were inspired exactly see there you go it's I feel like you get a lot of credit for getting her to the finish line and under 24 hours it's mostly because All of the you credit. mostly yeah. definitely <laughs> did she have other people to run with along the way um, yeah, so my husband did the 10 miles before me and then handed it off to me because he said he didn't want to run longer than two hours. So so he had like a cab. And then she picked up like a stranger, like in the segment before that, um, that she had never met before, who was just like, like out there, like an ultra groupie, you know what I mean? Like out there for the vibes. So you're out there, <laughs> just out there in the dark. Yeah. Okay. With somebody you don't know. And he admits he's a groupie. Yeah. <laughs> I thought like, I mean, I, this is like a local small, I mean, it's a medium small race. You know what I mean? Like a couple hundred people. And I showed up to this like aid station, like at the far end. And I was like, there must be something huge going on. Cause there was like people with tents and like coolers. And yeah. So apparently ultras have like groupies basically. Yeah. Did you see the, the crew people that would take off their person's socks and massage their feet? Cause that's weird. <laughs> I mean, only if you're like winning, right. Then that's okay. 
right, we're going to talk. People can't get massages. No, no. slow people can have massages. You can massage yourself. Oh, <laughs> all righty then. <laughs> like, no, the fast people have no time to stop for foot massages. <laughs> no time. <laughs> That's true. I did see like a video. Uh, another friend of mine did like that whole, there was like the six hour, 12 hour and 24 hour cycling championships in Arizona this weekend. And oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so a friend of mine did one of those and her crew, like her transition crew had it like down. Like they were like NASCAR style, like in and out, you know, water bottles. We were not like that. We were like, I think something might've been left in the car. Does someone want to go oh. get it? <laughs> so, all right. We'll talk more trail riding uh, after a break. We will talk course records in Florida. And of course, Jocelyn's going to explain her controversy of the week to us. I'm personally very excited to have Precision Fuel and Hydration signing on as a new Feisty Tri sponsor. Precisely because of their commitment to education and to making sure that all the women lining up for triathlons this year have all the information you need to fuel your races. Like, did you know women often underfuel and more typically complain about gel consistency, which I know I personally like really love the light and easy to get down precision gels, which still have 30 grams of carbohydrates. But the most important thing is to test all of this yourself. And that's why you can use Precision Sweat Testing Spreadsheet to do your own testing and to calculate your own sweat loss. And look, like I know that can sound intimidating. I also was, uh, but it's really super manageable. When you enter your numbers into their formula, it spits out how much sweat you lose, how much sodium, and then you can calculate and figure out what works for you. And then you can book your totally free consultation with their sports scientists who will walk you through your own race plan. You can find all of this information and a ton more on female fueling, hydration, things to know in the Precision Fuel and Hydration Knowledge Hub on their website. And you can test out their gels, drink mixes, electrolyte pills, and their specially formulated flow gel, which is made just for how people fuel in long course triathlon. Get 15% off your first order with the code FTP15. That's FTP, the number 15, like feisty triathlon pods or like functional threshold power. FTP15 at pfandh.com. So Jocelyn, I know, you know, we're getting older and aging and you've been using Amino Coast Heal as part of your like post-workout recovery, right? Yeah. It seems like after I became a mom and then turned 40, my recovering abilities really tanked. So as you remember, I then tore my meniscus, had to get surgery in my knee, and now I've had this lingering ligament injury in my foot. So I've been adding a scoop of the chocolate flavored heel to like either a glass of chocolate milk or a recovery smoothie. And I love that it helps accelerate muscle repair and reduce inflammation so I can keep training and racing hard in my 40s. Yeah. And so you use the AminoCo Heal chocolate. How do you like it? How does it taste? It tastes pretty good. I mix it up with a bunch of stuff. So it's like, tastes like a chocolate shake. And all AminoCo products are 100% science backed. It's, you know, Feisty's go-to essential amino acids. And you can get 30% off with the code writing as in if we were writing at AminoCo.com slash writing. You'll also get a free gift for new purchasers. That's AminoCo, A-M-I-N-O-C-O dot com slash writing and use the code writing at checkout for 30% off and a free gift. Iron Women is excited to announce a new partnership with Bicycle, the largest global marketplace for pre-owned bikes. With more than 20,000 pre-owned and refurbished road, gravel, mountain, and triathlon bikes available, Bicycle connects buyers and sellers on a global scale and makes the process of buying and selling bikes safe, easy, and convenient for riders. We all know there are plenty of marketplaces and classified sites out there, but what sets Bicycle apart is their guaranteed buyer protection, secure payments, simple shipping, and first-class customer service. Additionally, when you sell a bike, Bicycle provides a bike box directly to your door and coordinates pickup at a time that works best for your schedule. That kind of service has me swayed and I'm cleaning up one of my old race bikes to sell on Bicycle right now. For a limited time, you can save up to $100 on your purchase at Bicycle by entering the code FEISTYTRY, all caps and one word, at checkout. That's code FEISTYTRY at Bicycle.com. 
B-U-Y-C-Y-C-L-E.com. So New York Marathon was this past weekend. Very exciting. Um, I don't know if you guys like watched it at all. The, like the final mile, it was like, it was like, they were like going back and forth with each other. It was very slow and boring, like the first 20 <laughs> miles, right? Not I honestly didn't watch it, which is kind of the, the theme of this podcast is you talk about races. I did watch the clip that went viral of the 5K the day before <laughs> yes. and how the lead men almost got hit by a bus at an intersection. Um, where do you where do you think the screw up was in that, that a bus like drove that far into the course? Didn't didn't you see that the there were uh, police officers there, and the bus just kept on going? So weird, so weird. Yeah, yeah. So can you imagine if that happened during the marathon? Yeah, it would have been bad. That could have been super bad. Yeah, yeah. Not because we care about marathoners more, because there are a lot more of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, exactly, exactly. Yeah, volume. Um, volume. Yeah, that is the only piece of the marathon that I saw. And that wasn't even the marathon. That was the 5K. So my apologies <laughs> for knowing absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. I know that that Molly Huddle and Kellen Taylor, uh, first marathon back after um, having kids. And they, I think they were eighth and ninth, respectively. They were, yep. And that's all. really all I know. I'm sorry. You know, not helpful in this conversation. Really good. Here's my, okay, here's a fun stat for you, though, right? So, like women were like 44%, but in the 20 to 29 age group, there were literally more women than men. Why do you think that oh, is? Interesting. Um, I think it's a number. I think it's partially like age group, right? Like it's partially like the younger generations of women like do sports at higher rates than the older generations. Like that is true. And I think it's also partially like think about 25 year old women versus 25 year old men. They have their shit like way more together. And that's like cultural societal, but they do. You know, I'm right. Yes. You're yes. right. Yeah. <laughs> like, so maybe they, reg- they registered yeah. on time. They registered on time. <laughs> they figured it out. You know, they like the whole lottery system. They like read the directions. Yeah. Um, but what I was gonna say was uh Molly Huddle and Kelly Taylor were like the only Americans because a lot of Americans skipped it because the Olympic marathon trials are in February, and so they didn't want to like jeopardize it. Which brings us to Jocelyn's controversy that she wants to explain. Yes. Controversy as the disc turns. <laughs> as the disc turns. There's been a huge controversy because the Olympic trials are in, it's Orlando. Yes. It's Orlando in fe- February. And so it's also, it's at noon. Mm-hmm. And some people say it's like February in Orlando is actually really nice. Some but, people say, <laughs> but most people say any time of year at noon in Florida is hot and horrible and super humid. Yes. So the controversy is about the start time. The athletes are like, why would you make this at noon? This is terrible. Mm-hmm. And now it's a whole blame game. So the a whole bunch of the athletes wrote a letter or a petition to get the start line moved earlier. And then I guess USA track and field said, oh, we're totally willing to do it. And NBC is totally willing to do it, but it's the local organizing committee that won't let us move the time. And then the local organizing committee is like, oh no, here's a letter saying that we're willing to do it, but it's USATF that says they don't want to do it. What's USATF's argument? They want it to be hot because Paris. Yeah, no, hot. no. They it's a it's a TV viewing like that's what I would assume. It's a live viewing argument. So the local organizer then is saying that live on TV, like so noon East Coast would be nine AM Pacific, right? And that's like a that's like a normal like a viewing time on the weekends for sports. And so the local organizing committee is saying that like that was a requirement. Like USATF, they would not let them do it earlier that like that was a requirement of hosting was to have live coverage. And so they made like this whole plan. They like got local sponsors. They like tried to sell VIP experiences. And now because of all this controversy, they like basically have like lost all those sponsors. Like no one will sign like sponsor deals with them or like, yeah, like they can't like sign all this. So that's what, that's why they're claiming they've lost money because it's been like, well, we don't know what's happening. It might start. It might not. We don't know if it's going to be live on TV or not. Like, so it's kind of a mess. That is a mess because yeah. 
a lot of the times they have a USATF has a hard time finding yes. hosts for this event. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Marathons make yeah. money off of mass participation. And if you close the roads for just a handful of folks, yeah, it's yeah. not good. No. Oh, that and is running not- a marathon on a track is not gonna work out. <laughs> That'd be amazing. They do the Olympic marathon <laughs> trials on the track. <laughs> It'd be okay. so confusing. <laughs> So I have to admit, I was looking at Khadijah when you were mentioning all this. And Khadijah from Georgia likes the heat. Yes, I do like the heat. How much sympathy do you have for these runners running on in February at noon? I wouldn't have a be honest. No, I think it would, <laughs> I think it would be I think it would be perfect, but I know a lot of athletes and, and plus my little eight, nine minute miles are not five, six minute miles. So, I mean, I know they're putting out a lot more energy. Than, but they get you done know, faster. They get done faster. I don't think faster. that's not how overheating works. Just. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I prefer the heat. I mean, is anything like 90, 90 below? I'm I'm good to go. I mean, I don't, I don't start getting uncomfortable till above 90 and I'm not suffering until it's like 90. When it was like a heat wave out here, I was still running outside. I I just I just I do I do much better in the heat. So I I do I do agree with you in part because part of me says like come on. I've done like plenty right, of right, right. marathons on the bike when it's 80 degrees. That's it's right. Not, it's not going to be more than 80. Yeah, but I also recognize, like you said, they're running a lot faster. A lot harder, yeah. A yeah, lot faster, they're pushing, harder. They're Do you yeah. remember when it was in LA in 2016? Uh-huh. And like, and it was super hot, and like people were just like collapsing all over the. And it was, and it does affect the results too. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, and not necessarily in a way like if Paris isn't going to be hot, then it's not necessarily like the people who do well are the ones who will do well. You know? Yeah, Shalane almost didn't finish. Right. Exactly. <laughs> So that was not great for her. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's not usually that humid that time of year. It's February. Though. Yeah. I don't know. That, I kind of... It is much drier. It is mm. much drier. Mm. I feel like they're complaining too much, but that's my, my unpopular opinion is just like, that's the time train for it. And true. they did, if they knew and it was set for a while here, then you could just train for it. Obviously at this point, it's like, what the fuck are they training for? Nobody even knows. They don't that's know. Yeah. But I feel like why not have it in more adverse conditions? Let's see who's the toughest. Because that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to do well. Like, I would agree with that if the Paris, like, mar- like if the Olympic marathon is going to be in those conditions, like, absolutely, we should mimic them. Who's going to do well then, right? But if it's not, then, like, you're, you're, what's the word? You're selecting for a thing that is not a relevant thing, right? Like, but it's, it's, a, it's sports. You got to show up. You, if it's whatever the, condition is you got to show up that's part it's of mental you can't it's predict whoever what is every time you go out to a tri- triathlon what the weather is going to be show up and show out that's it because the weather is going to be what's going to be paris i don't know what the weather in paris is like but it's still isn't it still in august yeah but like i mean like right like we're selecting for who can figure out how to do the lottery right like we're selecting for like other things that are not the thing anyway i mean i agree with you guys i was at at new york last year when it was a heat wave for the marathon I like all week. I was like, these runners, like they won't stop whining. Like, what the fuck? Like, it's yeah, right. Like, I've run marathons in '85 and then end of an hour. And then I was standing in the corral at the start, at like a pouring sweat, and I was like, oh, this is gonna be bad. And then like a lot of miles, like, <laughs> then I'm like stumbling through Brooklyn, like taking ice off strangers. So yeah, like it does like marathoning. Apparently, it could the ice- be hot, and yeah. there's climate change. <laughs> So there's more and more severe weather on race day, and it could be super hot and humid. We don't know. We kind of know. I, I, in the defense of the athletes, I feel like if you have a critical mass of the athletes all banding together and say, we don't like this decision, at some point, like they, they feel that they don't have a voice. And I think that's, that's part of the problem. If it was just a few athletes be like, wah, 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 okay, you ignore them. But if the majority of the top contenders for the Olympic team are saying, you know what, this this isn't this isn't gonna necessarily select the best team for the games, you gotta you gotta trust the athletes at some point. For sure. 
And that's, now, yeah. now you'll appreciate it. So story. I'm like, wah, wah, wah. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> now, now the local organizers are like, fine, we'll do it at 8 a.m. And so US, like, fuck you, USATF. Um, yeah. So anyway, it's really funny. Uh, it's funny only because we are not racing for the Olympic team. <laughs> <laughs> wait, so did they officially change it to No, they're still arguing. Maybe by the time this podcast comes out on Friday, they will have figured it out. I don't, it's I don't know. It's in February. As long as the athletes know for sure at some point in December, that's yeah, good. You enough. only need you need like six to eight weeks of heat acclimation, right? right. So like that's fine. Yeah. yeah. I just feel I feel like they're stressing themselves out too much. Oh, okay. I just gotta just gotta go with it. Yeah. Uh the other triathlon thing this weekend, uh NCAA triathlon sorry, the women's triathlon championship because that's what they're calling it officially is this weekend. But I think colloquially we're all calling it the NCAA championships because uh, so women's try, I mean, it's on its way to becoming an NCAA sport, which I feel like we've been saying forever. Yeah. Forever. Like haven't we had 40 schools for a while now? No, I mean, really it's only been like 10 years, but we've had 40 schools for like a year now, except, so I was asking a coach yesterday, except like they don't, they don't all like, so we have 40 schools that have sent on varsity team, but then not all of them are like meeting the number of athletes. You know what I'm saying? Like they're not all fielding full teams yet. So we have What's to like, considered a full team, like eight. Well, a three is like a minimum for scoring. And then like, it's like, it's like, it works like cross country scoring. You know what I'm saying? Where like, you need like three oh. score, you can field five full teams will be like eight or nine, but then five or six okay. race, something like that. So, okay. Anyway, but if you, if, okay. So if it had been a sport when you were in college and you were good enough to race, would you have done triathlon? No, I did not have that kind of time on my hands. I was on an academic scholarship. <laughs> I had to get a 3.5 every semester. Oh, yeah. My roommate was on one of those. And, man, he would get stressed. Yeah. Um, I discovered triathlon in college. And it was a club sport. But I was I was first running Division three track, got injured, and then bought a bike and was on the cycling team. So I hadn't actually ridden or raced a bike until uh, I was a freshman in college. Um, and I couldn't swim. So I don't know if I would have like... You probably would not have made the NCAA team. I, no, they're, no. Not looking, they're not looking for you. No, they're looking for like the 16-year-old superstar. Yeah. Yeah, I I didn't swim like formally at all until I was like, wanted to do triathlon. So I learned oh. like when I was 18. Oh. oh, I ran track. It was the practices were short and I used to swim a lot because I did it once for just for therapy because I was injured and then I realized two of the guys on the swim team were really cute so I made sure mm. that I always had some type of injury that required water therapy <laughs> smart. That's smart whatever motivates you okay <laughs> right <laughs> but I didn't have a bike so Sarah did you do a college sport I swam oh. and I'm trying to th like I, during the summers, I would do a couple of triathlons, um, like it's a pretty low key level. I don't know. So you know, I went to school in Vermont and I'm trying to imagine like training for a triathlon in Vermont, like throughout the winter. Well, so their national, yeah. why their national championships are like now. So they only really train through now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then again, it's, you know, you're, you're basically training. I don't know. I don't know. 40 teams, not even 40 teams. I'm not, I would love to say I'm an early adopter mm. to things, but I kind of, I kind of, you don't like seem like an early adopter. I gotta say, I would not like, <laughs> be like Sarah True, early adopter, tech yeah. innovator. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm a, I need to, I need to be shown the proof is in the pudding. Okay. Yeah. And, and I'm like, I am psyched for the future of NCAA triathlon, but we're not there yet. No, no. But then I was talking to this coach yesterday and in all fairness, like one of the D1 coaches and she was like, well, can you even think back to like the starting years of a like similar NCAA sport, right? Like. I mean, even if you look back in the history of like football, right? The early games were like super, super scrappy. You know what yeah, I mean? I'm, yeah, I'm I'm just thinking so much, so that much. That was of... like 
1910, wasn't it? Uh, no, Everything I mean, was yeah. scrappy then. Yeah, it was so scrappy. No, like college. <laughs> the NCAA is actually not that old, is all I'm saying. Um, right. But at yeah. least, at least you got to compete against other teams. Right. right so right. the problem, the problem is, there's so few schools that you don't really get to have. You don't get. It's not like cross country where you have dual meets or you know invitationals in your region yeah. or a lot of the regions. So. Yeah, you might have a lack of local triathlon and you send your kids to it, but until it's like a a robust... right until they have more, yeah. Yeah, so the, Yeah, so, races is a super big problem for them for sure. Yeah, so yeah. once once you get to the point of NC double or the you know the the national championship, then then you get you get right. a a decent race, but outside of that, it's almost yeah. a- and I don't think scoring it like cross country is going to bring the noise. You have to bring something that's exciting. I well, mean, that's for the team. Obviously, like individuals win and stuff. I'm just saying for the yeah. team, that's how they score it. Um, yeah, I mean, I keep waiting. Like, so I went to Cal. We have like the biggest club team in the country, you know. So I did club, and that's how I learned how to. Like, I didn't like Johnson. Like, I didn't know how to ride a bike before that. Um, yeah. So I'm like super, super partial to club because it's all encompassing, right? Like, you can pick it mm-hmm. up, and like they would not have taken. Like, I could not have done it. Like I was gonna um, run, and but I had mono, and I like all my freshman year, and so I ended up walking on to like doing club triathlon. But you could not, you see what I'm saying? Like they would not have taken me if it was NCAA triathlon. Right. Then like you don't know how to bike. So really though, I feel like they well, now they they're, like now they're more likely. Okay, but I feel like they're more likely to take you if you have like a strong swim and run background, and then they're like, oh yeah, anyone can learn to ride a bike. Where I feel like I was a really strong cyclist, like I w- I raced on the college cycling team, but I don't know that they would have picked me because I was a very weak swimmer, even though I couldn't bike. And, and it's run draft legal, well. so swimming's more important, or they're doing draft legal for. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But speaking to your point, Kelly, because this is a sport that people pick up later in life, mm-hmm. you're you're already selecting from such a small pool. Mm-hmm. in the u.s and internationally um so you have a very small pool of athletes that you can recruit uh yeah so it's how many people get started in triathlon in their 20s 30s 40s like yeah right right, right sure. yeah so i was, uh... get started when they're a teenager and they're they're like yes i'm gonna go to college and focus on triathlon now, of course, that's a chicken egg problem, right? Like, this is where, like, Title IX created right, opportunities. Right, which is why I'm right, not right, an right. early adopter. You're not, you're not an early adopter. Okay. <laughs> so I basically, though, I'm, like, super partial to club, and I was, like, very worried NCAA was going to, like, kill off club. Now I'm kind of more of, like, there's room for everyone. Like, club is still, like, good for that. But then, like, you NCAA creates opportunities that then if you work backwards, creates a pipeline, creates juniors, creates more and more. Because you, like, need the... I'm like, yeah, we just, like, look at Title IX, and that created kind of a pipeline of youth programs for women girls girls and i do notice more and more like the local smaller triathlons now have like actually have their registration fees for for juniors yeah for if you're 18 and under it's like 50 percent off which is amazing because i hadn't seen that before so the last i don't know but years. i'm not like sold sarah that it's gonna like make olympians yet i don't know we'll say that We'll see if that works. Yeah, I I think it would make a big difference if schools like, you know, Colorado. Right. I think we're waiting for Colorado, Cal, Stanford, UCLA, yeah. like the big ones to come on now. Yeah, for sure. If they came on, that would be a game changer. Mm-hmm. But right wait, they were waiting for it to so be official. So what's the season, though? Because I know some it's of those fall schools season. that are swim powerhouses, swim or track powerhouses, those coaches are not letting those athletes go. No, no, these athletes would be triathletes. They wouldn't be like runners doing something else. Um, it's a fall season, but Sarah, I think they were all waiting for it to become official, so it would count to title nine spots because they don't care until it officially counts. Um, right? They were waiting. They're not early adopters either. They want to see, yeah, yeah, the big schools. <laughs> I am. I'm friends with the Delaware State Triathlon coach here. And I know like their team, it's, it's small, but I know they also like run with the cross country meets with the cross country mm-hmm. team. Some of the smaller ones definitely do, but like Cal, no, Khadija, Cal would not let their swimmers do triathlon. <laughs> <laughs> that coach would not let that happen. <laughs> so. All right, we're gonna take an ad break. And when we come back, we have a SID talks and we'll talk course records. 
All right, so we don't have that many races left in the year, but we did have a big one this past weekend. Florida was really fast. It was fast. Like I was like on the men and the women's side, but particularly the women's side. So I don't know, like looking at some of the the rankings of times or the, the predicted times before the race. And I think looking at then the results, like 18 of the top 20 women all went faster by a significant amount than <laughs> their predictions. Like we're talking like, 20 minutes 15 to 20 25 minutes faster so and also like just these days if you're as a female if you're not running around like there's more I think like Florida and then there was what was it whatever the race was a couple of weeks ago if you're not running around three hours for the marathon like don't stand a chance so part shoes I'm sure but part the standard women but yes Sky Monch there's quite a few that backed up for well on the women's quite a few that backed up from Karina so Sky had a great day I just think maybe I'm going to be controversial here. Sky is such an incredible athlete, but she races a lot. So this result in Florida is reflective of how good she is. And it's one of those conundrums that I wonder if she, if she raced less. Oh, interesting. Would her performance, like she's still got another top 10 in Kona. It's still amazing. Right. She was eighth in Kona. And then she set a course record here in Ironman, Florida, like what, three weeks later now, four weeks later now. Um, But I wonder if like she... And I don't think this is her because I think she's an athlete that just loves to race. And I, I applaud that and I respect that. But I often wonder if that question is, if I don't race as much during the year and put those eggs in that I know. Perina, that world champs basket, will she get that top five? Will she get that podium? There's some people who are like that, right? Like, like Rinny was always like that, right? She would show up, like be ready for the one a year. And there's some people who are not like that, right? Like even if they put everything in one basket, they don't do like better. No, that's it. And that's why I love like that. She just races a lot. Anyway, she had a great performance one uh india lee second which was awesome she'd been obviously in kona training mm-hmm. training partner but it was her second full she did um israel so it wasn't yeah um and she said kind of on her first one she just sort of like held herself back and i yeah. don't think that happened this time no they that's were going right. like neck and neck on the run yeah <laughs> that's it and i mean she ran a yeah 420 yeah 303 um yeah, Jocelyn and yeah, a bunch of other athletes who Jocelyn back up, Lauren backed it up. Yeah, it's interesting because yeah. obviously Zelinkus, Jenna Nets, yeah, a whole bunch of them. It's this like weird balance right now where you're like, some people come out of like their big A whatever championship race and they are toasted, right? They're done. Yeah. Some are really disappointed and then they want to like go and get like one good result to end the year. And then some are like they did fine, but they want to just like roll it out so then they can like crash hard for the off season and not have to worry about like qualification, right? Like, cause now qualifications all locked up. So it's such a, like a weird, it's such a mix. And then like, yeah, free, if they, if you can back up and do another one post Kona, it frees your calendar or your schedule up for the following year to pick and choose a few more races that you want. But for a lot of people that not just the physical exhaustion, but the mental exhaustion of going into a big race like worlds, like sometimes they, um, yeah, I mean, obviously I backed it up a week later with the grail. So, you know, there what are people worried? Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't that's do it. I, I that's definitely couldn't. The thing. I tend to have a big race and then plan lots of other stuff rather than going, actually, if you focus and put your head down, you could probably, right, right, probably right. do another one, but yeah. And then the men's, like you know obviously we need rudy, to come rudy rudy was also a course record that's where it's like everyone was yeah. fast it's interesting yeah. obviously they, um, they had more time since nice so it's a little less like, they did so it yeah. is a little bit different and you forget that but again quite a few people um quite a few big names in there but the the men's times like on the predicted versus what they did they weren't as fast as or not as many went faster than predicted as the women did um Matthew Marquette is appearing to, you know, first year pro, balance it with as a professor, professor, and I think professor, I forgot. I don't right? know. I mean, he's, he's like, a, he's, right? he's, he's an academic. He's yeah, studying, he's in med school. Studying medicine. Studying. Oh, sorry, I've just up, like, uplifted him to a professor. He's not there yet, I don't think. He's a medic, studying med school, which still, and just seems to be having a fantastic, and he's probably one of the names to watch. Yes, definitely. Um, um, I mean, I think he's only done like four races this year, and he's been like, and one of them was Nice. Yeah. And yeah, so- exactly. Like, what was it? Texas, the first one, and he was like on the podium. And I think he's like, yeah, had a third, second, and a third, and then Nice. Not a bad first year. I'm um, going to shout out. I'm going to do a shout out to Matt Hansen because he mm-hmm. did run a ridiculously fast 234, but unfortunately was ran out of real estate from yeah yeah, and just missed one of those the podium and the Kona Kona slot yeah 
The other big race this weekend was, of course, the news to try, which like, honestly, like I, I mean, it sounds really cool and I really want to do it. And I always like watch everyone on the Instagram, but I primarily only care that Ashley Gentle got her 10th win because that is insane. Um, yeah, I know. I was just thinking about that. I mean, it is, everyone says, oh, it's a course built for Ashley, but you know, she used to be an ITU athlete. Now she's doing longer and Noosa is an Olympic non-draft. Um, I think almost though, it's like that, um, you know, people have built it up like it's built, it's Ashley's course, it's built for her. And I wonder if that's sort of written into the rules before yeah. athletes start. Although I have to say, I did watch the coverage and there was a bigger pack of women coming off the bike together than there has been for a long, long time. Hmm. But obviously for Ash, that's, you know, she's still going to be the fastest runner right, there right. realistically. Uh, I think there were some younger, again, sort of up and coming ITU girls that were in the mix um, and then again, you had a couple of athletes off the back of Kona. And I think it's different trying to then up your coming off the back of Kona. This is going to sound ridiculous. Coming off the back of Kona and doing another Ironman. It's less hard. Yeah, I know. Less, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's kind of the Olympic distance at that intensity, trying to find that extra power and speed when you've been training for the yeah, sort of endurance. Well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then Hayden Wilde won on the men's side. Sure. That yeah. makes sense. Uh, news is also fascinating because they've managed to make a whole festival where like every day for the whole week is like like there's a 5k and there's a crit and there's a swim run and there's a but it's like obviously a lot of events say they're going to do that and then I've been to a lot of those and it's like it's usually like eh, it's fine you're kind of yeah. like point, you're like why are we paddling right like there's always like weird yeah no but it, it is amazing I mean I did notice this year like the women's crit I didn't see the men's but the women's crit it was a smaller field than it has been in the past that might just have been this year but yeah and, and not only just they have so they have an Asics 5K bolt for the professionals. They have a crit race for the professional cyclists. They have a Legends triathlon, which is where you just get all the iconic Aussie legends from across sport, swim, bike, run, motorsport, everything, and mixed up in relays. So, uh, you know, right. a, an ex-Aussie swimmer won't be able to do the swim in the, in the Legends relay kind of thing. They have to do the bike or the run. So that's always good fun. But they're not, and obviously then they have the triathlon. But then not just that for the age, like all week, there's like a fun run. There's an open water swim. There's, I think, probably golf events. There's just so much going on for that whole. Yeah, it's a real big festival. They've done an amazing, amazing job. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. It'd be curious. I like uh, I was reading about like a Super League rebranding the New York, Chicago, Malibu as like the majors and like wanting to. I was like, there's there's, there's some notes to be taken here. I'm like how to make this work. So, yeah. Yeah, because they've just hired, I think, a new head of yeah. US, haven't they? So definitely mm -hmm. they're looking to make a big a big push into the US US. And it'd be nice if the US got some I mean, not that we don't have big Olympic distance races, but if we got if they grew back again, because they were kind of yeah. dying for a little yeah. while. It'd be nice if they had some professional nice. iron distance right. races also that, as well going into next year. But that's another let's talk about that there later. There are there are no <laughs> pro there are like no Iron Man community. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. In, the, in North America. The other anyway. big thing I feel like we need to talk about that we haven't really so Heather Jackson, obviously, uh I mean I remember last year at Coda seeing her in the bathroom post race and she was like, I'm done, Kelly. Like this is it. I, <laughs> like, I was, was done. We were on the start line in Coda yeah. last year. Yeah, and I remember sort of turning to her and I had a I think I'd heard or I had a feeling I was just like enjoy like last one Heather kind of thing I think I said that to her as we we're about to get in the water um and yeah she's now I mean she's still juggling two sports with, I know, so like, she's like trail running and gravel riding it's not yeah. not completely uh taking the taking the foot off the, and she's doing like the ultras so she yeah mm -hmm. she recently she finally I say finally won she's been only doing kind it for of a year. close and yeah. knocking on the door and only doing yeah only doing it for a year ultra running and again mixing it with the gravel racing um and one uh you can Havelina Havelina 100 yeah. which is a big one in the U.S. it's one of the big golden ticket races so she got her ticket to western states which is obviously like the hot thing here um and then Havelina is also one of the big ones that has a pretty good like course history and she ran the second fastest time in history um Courtney Daltwall Dalt I can never say Walter. Walter. thank you um uh, it's one okay I wonder too because I heard she which is all equal not just winning it like getting the second fastest time is amazing. And I wondered who had that, the, that fastest time. So, yeah. So, yeah. It does Courtney's like a legend. Uh, yeah. yeah. Courtney ran it with her mom, apparently. Havelina. Well, yeah, she ran. So well, explain to me, we had this off. What's, what's a Havelina? A Havelina is a wild pig that you can supposedly see out there in the deserts of Arizona. And I, um, I mean, I've done plenty of training camps in Arizona. So I've seen a Havelina once, but I was at Havelina 100, which is always on Halloween weekend. So everybody dresses up in costume and it's done in the style of like, there's a big hub that you come through every lap 
And so the hub is like a party, like where people are just kind of up all night and drink, whatever. Cause like all the crew, cause it's the, you don't have to move. So they just are there and you just loop through. And, um, and so I was there working one year and I, okay. I swear I saw a domestic cow, just like a regular cow out in the middle of the desert. And everyone says I hallucinated it, but I don't think I did. <laughs> okay. Well, we got, <laughs> this is not hallucinations. This is very tenuous link to animals. We were riding the other day. And the question came up, what's the difference between a llama and alpaca? Mm. And I thought it was a joke, but it wasn't. It was a genuine question. What is the difference between a llama and alpaca? Number of humps. No, that's camels. Oh, camels. (laughs) (laughs) Although there's, and then I was like, anyway, but yes. I thought they were like entirely different animals. Anyway, separate. No, point. They're very similar. Just one's bigger than the other. Okay. There um, you go. So a llama is bigger than an alpaca. Obviously, really interesting information that everyone needs to know. Anyway, Heather Jackson, back to the javelina. One um, javelina. And yes. so now, um, Western yeah, States so again. She's yeah. going to do Western States again. She DNS this past year. Lots of people DNF Western States. And, um, and yeah, it seems like the trail running career is not going bad. You know? Yeah. And also, though, she did um, the week before, I think, javelina, she did a. Uh, she did a gravel race and she um managed to get she said she tried she the way she explained it i thought was quite funny she said she got in the front pack of the gravel race finally made the front pack and she tried to explain she's like it's the equivalent of swimming on lucy charles feet and i was like oh yeah fuck yeah that's <laughs> okay, like yeah, you know yeah. I, I get that now that's that's a pretty yeah awesome. um the gravel races have gotten pretty like pro at this point too so uh so yeah so there you go you can dream dream big Sid. whenever you're not ready to retire i rode my gravel ra- gravel bike today and i ran the trails yesterday okay, you're ready loving you ready <laughs> <laughs> all right we're uh we'll hear back from Sid in a few weeks we're gonna take a little break for uh for a couple weeks here as there are no more races <laughs> no more races rest in the year yeah <laughs> yeah all right uh so we'll talk, uh, talk in a little while yeah thanks kelly Okay, uh, Ironman Florida was like stupidly fast this weekend. And I want to know if anyone knows why. Like, I know it's always fast, but was there like, like did everyone cut the course? Is there like some, something that and I they, don't know about? And from the people I know that race, they said the, the bike was like really windy. Oh. The swim wasn't like a complete disaster like it was the past two candy. years. Yeah. But it's still yeah. a little rough. Hmm. Yeah, well, I know they're jellyfish. That's, I mean, it was ocean rough, not, you know, yeah. ridiculous rough. Yeah, I did hear there were last year there, a lady got kicked at kicked in the face and her goggles were broken. And I just kind of, you know, they have those little floating platforms, I just kind of pushed her over to the platforms and just don't let go stay here. <laughs> just oh. you know, kept going. People just they go for blood on the swim. It's crazy. Yeah, I've been like here. I've been like, I mean, not to like take away from people's achievements because obviously everyone went very fast but you know when it's like across the board fast not just like a couple people you're like what was going on here um and it was i mean sky broke course record by like 18 minutes like that's not like oh, a wow bit. yeah sometimes the like, wind changes so it's a one loop there you go. it's a one loop course because that's where my my pr for the iron man is from that course and i do remember it was a really good day where i was like I feel like I'm getting a tailwind, like the first half of the bike. And then on the way back, I'm like, I still feel like I have a tailwind. Maybe the wind changed. <laughs> so maybe they got a tailwind all the way around the course. But also, Sky was in really good shape for Kona. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it. it's a few weeks later. As long as you recover, you can use that fitness. Yeah. And it's a f- relatively flat course. Isn't it? Super flat. 2, yeah, 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 it's less than 2,000 feet of climbing the whole thing. It was fascinating though. I mean, okay, obviously Sky wasn't the like Rudy Rundberg also broke the record, course record there. Um, but it was fascinating because there was a bunch of people who backed up Kona. Right. And I feel like it's such a mix, right? I feel like some people are able to back, like they're like, they just like you said, they take that fitness, they just recover, they're good. And like I would not be one of those people. I would be like, do not talk to me about triathlon for three weeks. <laughs> I used to be one of those people that could back up. Yeah back when I treat so that PR I had at Ironman Florida was two weeks after a PR I had at another Ironman so <laughs> but I'm not that person anymore I like I like I can race myself into shape I I do that I'll, I wouldn't do it through an Ironman though like the calves and Olympics I can kind of mm. race myself into shape okay I uh 18 I think minutes that's crazy yeah. that's a lot Sorry, I go. Uh, all right, you guys are gonna keep talking. I'm gonna find out what is happening outside my door right now. 
So <laughs> I will be okay. right back. <laughs> Ooh, I wonder what's happening too. Does this have to do with the construction? Yeah. You could kind of hear them. Sounds like I know construction. I don't know. Did you guys hear my toddler crying? No. Oh, good. I can't imagine her crying. Anytime I, I hear her voice, like on your 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 videos and stuff, she sounds like I don't know, like a mini 25, 30 year old. Like, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> but you remember toddlers. Like yeah. they go from one extreme to the other very quickly. Oh yeah. The twins were crazy because they were having their own conversations and it was really, and they, and if I came over, they would look at me as if we're talking. Okay. You see, we're talking. <laughs> Don't interrupt us. <laughs> yes. That's adorable. Twin <laughs> language. Yes. All right. I'm back. Hi. So, What's yes, happening? What happens? Uh, our bathroom isn't done yet. That's what's happening. We, uh, this is my, like, nobody, you know, you know, like people don't really want to hear about your renovations or whatever, but yeah, we moved into a house where we had no windows. The roof needed to be fixed. There was like a hole in the wall in one spot. It was like a mess, but we had needed to move in. And so now there's people coming all the time to do work. Carrie, um, feel free to cut whatever you want to. Yeah. I was like, I have no <laughs> idea if we're going to keep this part or not keep this part. So <laughs> anyway. I should have let my son flex like online so she could just put that <laughs> uh we were talking about triathlon and course records and backing them up and i think not i think it's as much mental as physical oh absolutely yeah i the only times i've tried to back up an iron man like four weeks apart or whatever i mentally was just like i don't care about this i can't do it yeah i i think especially if you have a good result and you're feeling motivated afterwards and you already picked that second race like you can carry that those good feels like that mental park really, really propel you for a second race. One hundred percent. What if you put all your eggs in that basket and you're like, I am done. I'm cashed out. Uh, what do you do then? Wait. And you had a bad race. No, I'm just saying, like, I feel like my problem is more like that, like you build oh. up to a race. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. so much that then like I can't like rally it again. Yeah, no, and and that that happens all the time. Um, I mean, I'd I'd circled Florida on the calendar, and even even if I wanted to, like it, my schedule permitted, I I wasn't going to rally for for Florida. There was yeah, mentally, like it's not that I put all my eggs in the basket, but there was definitely like a afterwards that yeah. like I wasn't going to bump. Just mentally, it wasn't going to bump back in time. So what's the closest you've ever done two races? I've done a 70.3 and a 140.6 one week apart. That's the closest. A week apart. I found it a lot easier to go from the full to the half, like a week later, even though it was faster. I was like, I remember being like, oh, I'm almost done. This is amazing. uh so yeah i did the and then i've done halves a week like six days apart and that's like doable but that feels shitty so. yeah it, it, the run is brutal yeah i've done yeah. the uh, the double iron man two weeks apart uh three different times in my life did it, it didn't go? uh so the first time i did it was like the ones i was just talking about where i like broke 10 hours for the first time and then lowered that two weeks later that wasn't planned that was before they had the iron man pro membership where you now just pay your big fee and your guaranteed entry into all of them. So before it was like you had to know somebody or be good enough to get invited. And so I didn't know that I got I was going to get a slot into Ironman Florida until after I was already doing the first race. And then I was signed up for Cozumel, which was three weeks after Florida. So I actually did like three within five weeks, which by the by the time I got to Cozumel, I was like done. <laughs> so the first two went great. And then three weeks later, I was just like, this is the end of a very long year. I would do the swim claim injury and me sitting on the side of the beach drinking oh, yeah. something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I definitely have had meltdowns in Mexico this time of year at races for sure. <laughs> like, you're like, why am I still racing? And why isn't someone giving me a drink yet? 
I'm just still trying to process the fact that getting into races was a political thing. <laughs> That's so messed up. Yeah, I was teammates with Bella, Bella Bayless, who had won Ironman Florida multiple times. And so she had to put in a good word to like nice. Heather Fuhrer for me because I was like a nobody new rookie pro and they like ignored my emails. That's crazy. Yeah. So anyway. as an age grouper, you could just sign up, but as a pro, you had to beg to get in. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. You could, they wouldn't let just anybody in. There are still some races that are invite only for sure. I mean, not like obviously, obviously there are like the big ones, but I mean, there are still some like regular, like on the Ironman Pro schedule, they'll have a little asterisk and it says like buy invite or something. Not, not that many. Mm. Mm. You're like, no. Uh, well, what are you going to do though after you retire from triathlon? Here's my, that's my big question. Are you going to, uh, I know this is like, you guys are like, well, I'm never going to retire from triathlon. I'm going to triathlon. Probably. I did retire from triathlon. Now my yeah, now you're coming back. freaking podcast friends are making me go do <laughs> Ironman in France. <laughs> I feel like all the triathletes are, I mean, everyone is, but all the triathletes are trail running and gravel racing. I mean, obviously we were talking about Heather Jackson who retired and I, I mean, I like was talking to her like right after Kona last year, right? And she was like, I'm done. But she's like winning trail races. I feel like that's she's not a, a real retirement. Yeah. She's a beast. What's like a fake it's, retirement? No, it's, it's a different career. Like it's a different sporting career. It's not retirement. <laughs> yeah. And the races are different, totally different totally different vibe because I, I i the vibe of swim races for me is way better than try i love triathlon i love the whole process of triathlon but swim races i love the vibe is so much different they're more chill are they are swim yeah races chill? Oh, i don't know like yeah, open the, water i'm thinking like pool yeah meets, oh, like, I'm like those like, like long distance no, 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 swimming Okay. Yeah, long distance open water swim races. I, I don't get into the pool races, especially if you saw my flip turn. I even bumped into the wall. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I have this, like, I like, and I'm feeling a lot of people harbor this. I have, like harbor the secret dream that somehow there's some sport I'm actually like really, really good at that I just don't know about yet, and that I'm going to become like a master's world champion once I discover it. You know, oh my gosh, so. I have gone down this rabbit hole like multiple times of like what other sports would I be really good at? And so in grad school, I took a little break from triathlon to go um, row for the Georgia Tech had a club rowing team. And it turned out I was like really, really good on the erg because I had like super strong quads from cycling and triathlon. And so I was like beating the erg times of like the top varsity woman who had been doing it since she was like a kid and I was like oh I wonder what the national team time standards are so I was like really like seeing if I could get that but then on the water I didn't have like the, the technique right actually rowing the boat which right. the coach said I could be taught but then I got back into triathlon again and then when I retired from being a pro triathlete I had this stint where I was like I'm gonna learn to do Olympic race walking Oh, that would be classic. And how did that <laughs> so go? I did actually find a local coach that was like a former national team, like race walker and like a coach. And he was like willing to coach me for free. So I did this, like I went to his house like once a week to learn how to race walk. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, it was okay, but it was like, my heart wasn't in it. And it like, it did kind of look stupid. I'm sorry. I'm that, sorry, that race walkers. Okay. <laughs> race walking when I was in high school and the girl who did it she was really good at it but everybody used to tease her but she was I mean she was walking like seven minute miles it was yeah ridiculous. yeah they haul yeah. it's fast yeah you, just, you had race walking at your high school yeah I went to a huge I went to a huge high school though I went to a big high school upstate New York I went to a big high school and we had like a tv station but we didn't have race walking yeah, we had race walking. We had a diving team, swim team. We had everything. Yeah, it's an event in certain states, like oh, for high school. In Illinois. I went to yeah. high school upstate New York, and they had they had race walking. But this girl was, I can't remember her name, but she was, she was really goofy, sweet, super smart. If you wanted to know anything in the calculus class, you go straight to her. But she, <laughs> I mean, literally, she was walking seven-minute miles. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. 
So I feel like that didn't work out for you, Jocelyn. It didn't work out, but I was like, <laughs> the the American teams in race walking aren't super strong. So I was like, this is my end to become an Olympian. Well, this yes. is like, I mean, you guys know the story about how like my husband decided to try- make the Irish cross country team skiing, sorry, skiing, cross country skiing, because he had this like same, 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 same Jocelyn. He like had the engine and they were like, well, you can learn the technique. And then like Ireland doesn't have like winter sports. They don't have a huge number of skiers and so yeah so he spent like a whole I don't even know how long whatever he he, like went on sabbatical to get the points and he had the points and he like qualified this ends by he was not selected uh in like a whole you know how you know how uh Olympic selection goes uh yeah there were three people and there were three spots and he had the points and there weren't other people they and then barristers got involved and there was like a whole like it was in the national news in ireland it was a whole thing whoa why because he wasn't he wasn't living because they um sometimes teen like i bet i don't know if you guys i'm no sarah knows this but like sometimes teams will opt not to send people who aren't like medal contenders um and so they were like oh we're not gonna send you you're not good enough but he was like but i have the like qualifying standard and they were like yeah he's like i'll pay for myself <laughs> like oh yeah <laughs> it was crazy so but i did learn rowing is like because of course you know i look into these things like where where could i be an olympian but rowing i i met someone that was like trying to make the rowing uh national team and she said it was also very like selection a lot of selection, selection bias based. yeah uh-huh. yeah how you get picked for boats mm-hmm. and the worst in boats is that like a boat can qualify the team for a spot but then those people might not get selected for the boat one of yeah. the Canadians was ta- telling me about wait that. what so you're gonna take my boat but you're not taking me oh no i'm taking my boat back home <laughs> i don't think that's how it works <laughs> like i think they still have a boat <laughs> All right, uh, Sarah, I feel like, do you have a random question for us this week? Or have we had enough randomness? I don't know. Oh, I do have a random question. Okay, so, and it's it's also kind of controversial. Oh, all yeah. right. Ooh, our favorite. <laughs> I know. So I was I was being told about, um, during Over Dinner, there's a Solomon-sponsored athlete. Uh, she's a trail runner. And I guess there's some controversy about her because... Uh, she has won some trail races with her dog. Oh, I know you're talking about. Yeah. So tethered to her dog in (gasps) non-dog races. Interesting. Okay. If if you know anything about dog tethering, um, Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's also, what is it? It's called like. Canine cross. Isn't it canine cross? Like cane cross or like something like that. Exactly. But it's a kind of a thing in Europe. Like they will have specific races where you tether the dog to you. As a point of reference, uh the the world record for like the one K with uh this this dog thing is like ten seconds faster than the human world record. Um and the guy who has it, this world record, is not like an elite athlete. Do you think the dog's really like pulling them faster, or do you think yeah. it's like mental? No, no, no. They're pulling you because you're so a cat person, expect- Kelly. You know, no, but know. I'm saying no, no. They're definitely <laughs> pulling you, but like your legs, but your legs still have to run. You see what I'm saying? Like the dog's not like running for you. So how is it like? It's it's turnover. It's turnover without as much force. So just imagine like every time you're 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 legs are up in the ground, they're pulling you in the air. It's like an uh, alter. It's, it's like an alter G. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was thinking about. One of those treadmill things. Uh-huh. Yeah. So my so my question is, imagine you're doing a race, maybe a local 5K or like, you know, your 100K that you're going to be doing. And you're getting to the finish line and you're going for like your win or your time or whatever. And the person you're running against has a dog tethered to them. Oh, I'd be so annoyed. Yes, that's cheating. It's cheating. (laughs) I feel like the other thing is like if it's in the rules, they should just be DQ'd, right? I just feel like that's straightforward. Like if it's not, like you can't just like. But she's getting prize money, 
Ooh. Yes. Oh, I forgot to mention that part. Yeah. So there have been races where she's, these are not like dog races, dog tethered races. It's not canine she, cross. <laughs> right. She's, she's getting prize money. And the way that, um, a lot of people are like, oh, it's so amazing that you're doing these races with your dog and winning. It's, so- <gasps> it's like, no, this is this is assisted. I feel like Jocelyn's on board with me. With Oh, right. my gosh. This <laughs> is a better controversy than the controversy we brought up earlier. This is way better. Uh, I don't understand why she wasn't. I don't understand why she wasn't DQ'd, though. Like, that's what I don't understand. Like, shouldn't she just be DQ'd? Like, isn't that just straightforward? You know, I am not a reliable source of information, Kelly. <laughs> so she she builds us up with this story, and then she says, "I'm not reliable." Okay, I'm like, I'm like, like asking like emotion, very right? technical questions. I'm like, "What kind of dog, Sarah?" This is a, this it doesn't is game, or is it a Chihuahua? Let's, we need to know. It's like a brown thing. I don't know. <laughs> Got I if I tail. was like if I got like second or third to her I would have oh, like God. launched a protest absolutely oh, yeah. me yeah. too yeah because yeah. but that also if you're looking over say you're sprinting and somebody has a dog I would just be shitting myself like are you serious I am sprinting against a person with a dog tethered to them yeah I would be very unimpressed yeah okay. but you know what too nobody cares about the rules till they lose yeah you know what i'm saying if, yeah. <laughs> i'm serious I, like i said i've had it happen to me nobody cared about what i wore until i won a race mm-hmm. nobody cares it just i mean nobody cares about the rules so if, if it's not if it's not defined as part of that race then mm. you know what you know i, what? I feel I'm, like I'm... i feel like this is straightforward and she should just be dq'd like i don't even understand what the controversy is so. yeah I'm not picturing Kelly at your hundred miler. What if it was you that was tethered to your friend? Right. Is it cheating if you like were pulling her? I don't, I mean, I guess I'm still like, I'm like, I'm like still hung up on like, how do people not fall over? Like, how does this feel? Like you still have to run. Like if I got tied to the back of a car, that wouldn't be like helpful. Like I would die. So like, I don't understand. Yeah. It is faster. I have a speedy little dog who's like part, we think she's like part whip it. And so, yeah, and we run with like the waist. I don't do it anymore because, yeah, we don't. I but... have a friend, Tiencia. She does races that are specifically to be done with her dog. She has this dog yeah. named Pacer. That so she, she does. probably right. does. Probably know yeah. uh, she she yeah. d- she does this race every year with her dog. I and love that with other doggy people. <laughs> With other doggy people. So I Her only actually... issue is sometimes the dog wants to stop and use the restroom. Sure. See, I just, I feel running. This is why, like, I'm hung up on, like, I don't see how this is fast. I understand. I just, I feel like there'd be a lot of issues. I feel like, like, I just am still, but anyway. No. So I remember hearing about this sport and I, I did look up to see if there was a did you local want to try race. And be the best in that sport, too. Of did course. You <laughs> but there were no local races because we could have been champions. We could have been champions. All right. And I feel like that's the end of that. <laughs> that's another segment for, for Jocelyn, Obscure Olympian. Oh. We can find people who are just searching for obscure Olympic sports. <laughs> Before Sarah signs us off, I am going to say I want to do an AMA Ask Us Anything episode, uh, probably for Thanksgiving. So if you have questions, do uh, you can send them to us anyway. Email like your friends at feisty.com uh, or on Instagram or leave us a voicemail. Um, we won't, won't necessarily like use your voice, but we are, I do want to get everyone's questions. So that's my, that's my reminder. I want to do an AMA episode. We'll answer people's random questions since that's our thing. And I have no idea how to finish this episode other than please send us your controversies and please send us your questions. All right. Thanks for another week of If We Were Writing, and we'll check in with you with a new, fresh controversy from Jocelyn next week. Chasing Epic is the essence of the Orca brand. 
It's about seeking moments in life that make us feel truly alive and connected to the beauty of the world around us. And let's be honest, with a lot of swim, bike, and run, we get to see a lot of beauty. Orchid's been a longtime partner in Feisty, and we work with them year after year because we love their products and their commitment to creating amazing wetsuits made for women. I absolutely love my Arca wetsuit. Apex is number one, but there's a range of triathlon wetsuits. You can choose between flexibility, buoyancy, or a combination of both. Really, there's a wetsuit for every triathlete and for all of your epic adventures. As a feisty listener, you can get 15% off with the code IRONWOMEN15 at orca.com. Get out there and chase some epic, friends. All right, Alyssa, I'm like starting to swim more again. And I feel like you were swimming a lot last year with oh, with one water. And how did you keep your hair from getting so destroyed? I was swimming so much last year and I used to try hard Kelly and I still swear by it. They have extensively researched this problem and created a superior vegan dermatologically tested proprietary blend. Try hard has shampoo, conditioner, body wash, and more stuff. Everything you're going to need for your pre and post swim necessities. I've also seen that top pros like Chelsea Sodaro and Lucy Charles Barkley also praise the effectiveness of try hard. I think it's like, definitely changed how good I feel just coming out of chlorine. And we have a code right now too, for anyone who wants to try, you know, <laughs> try, try hard and stop suffering from dry, itchy skin, having their hair get all, you know, green, which happens to me because mine's like super blonde and get all beat up. You can try any of the try hard products with the code 20 feisty. That's two zero feisty for 20% off store-wide at tryhard.co. So that's 20 feisty for 20% off at tryhard.co.